You're listening to Vet Candy. Hi, this is Dr. Jessica Turner, and you're listening to Living Well with Dr. Jessica. You're one stop for all things wellness, not just what to eat or how to move, but everything in between. And I'm excited today because I think it's safe to say that our, our topic of discussion is really going to fall at the core of wellness. I know if you've been listening for a while, sometimes we talk about very specific aspects of wellness, whether it's finances or relationships or mental well-being, but so much is going to be touched on with our guests today. And so I hope you share the mess out of this because I think so many people are going to benefit. But I'd like to welcome Dr. Renee Wellenstein. She is a double boarded certified doctor who has been working with women for over 20 years. And due to her own personal health challenges, she stepped outside of the box of conventional medicine to take a radically different approach from the deep depths of burnout. First off, I think so many people could relate to that. (laughs) And then throughout her journey, she has had her fair share of obstacles and has mastered the art of leaping into transitions with each pivot. Now, Dr. Renee empowers women to take control of their health, jumpstart their energy, improve their confidence, and reignite their libido. I mean, again, There's so many things that I cannot wait to have a conversation with you. So thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and just being on with us today. I always love to welcome my guest on by allowing you to have the stage and sharing your story and how you've gotten to where you are today and the work you're doing. Well, thank you for having me. It's interesting. I always, I want to preface my story by saying, you know, yes, I have all those certifications and the diplomas and all the things, but I think what makes many of us in this healthcare system, especially in the functional medicine world, right at what we do is that we have personal experience and I am one of them. So I actually was conventionally trained as an OBGYN and I actually relocated from a suburb of New York city to the country in central New York, which is where I, I grew up in 2008 after having twins. Oh, I did not know we shared that. (laughs) Yep. I have boy, girl twins. The New York city life was just not conducive to having a, a busy career as a physician and wanting to spend quality time with my kids. So we relocated to a much quieter town. Of course, I am the daughter of a dairy farmer who had always wanted a horse. And I didn't get that horse until I turned 39 and moved to the country. (laughs) I got that horse for you (laughs) after short time of having that horse, I fell off the horse and broke my back. Oh no. (laughs) So what was my dream life? OBGYN having my horse, my twins and all the things, all of a sudden everything came to a screeching halt. It really allowed me over the next year or two to really reflect on my career, on my life and all the things. But right after the injury, I was literally Humpty Dumpty that fell off the wall that couldn't be put back together again because the injuries in my back were non-operable. So essentially I'd have to live with broken bones in my back. It's interesting. At first I was excited about that because I had never wanted back surgery as an OBGYN and dealing with women with chronic back pain and pregnancy complications and such. I always thought like, gosh, never touch my back, stay out of my back. And I had actually witnessed a lot of, I don't want to say botched back surgeries, but I never felt the women were actually better after getting the surgery. So I was happy that they said six weeks, you're going to be back on your feet and doing all the things. And as a type A overachieving professional, I was at all of us (laughs) at that six month mark when I wasn't meeting that criteria, I was still in pain. I was still maintained on narcotics, which are really strong painkillers and a slew of other medications to counteract the side effects because I don't do well with those strong painkillers. I actually 
went to the doctor's office and he basically told me my back was all, all atrophic and that I should just strengthen my core and be fine, be back to work. And I was like, wait a second. And I literally sat there and cried because number one, this is the first time that I can ever recall failing. I'd always succeeded in whatever I did. And this is the first time I physically failed something. I didn't achieve my goal of getting back to work. So I walked away from that doctor's visit, feeling awful about myself and the direction where I was going. Because at this point, after the six week mark, my colleagues started turning their backs on me. I flunked out of physical therapy. There was nothing more they could do for me. A lot of my docs were like, well, we can just maintain you on painkillers. And basically that's it. And so about six month mark, I did have a procedure that got me off those painkillers and got me back to work at least part-time, but I could no longer practice the full scope of OBGYN. Now at this time I thought, gosh, it's coming. I know it's coming. I know I'm going to be able to do that again in the future. However, a year went by and I still couldn't perform my duties. And so at this point I was essentially just doing pap smears in the clinic, which as an OBGYN, I always loved the variety. I loved delivering the babies. I loved operating. I just thought it was like the best of all worlds. Like I had a little bit of this, a little bit of that. At the end of the day, I was dealing with bringing life into the world. It was a happy feel. And quite honestly, I was bored. I wasn't changing women's lives. I was just, you know, essentially being the doctor that no woman likes to go see because of the pap smears. (laughs) And so I found that in addition to the fact that I didn't want to get out of bed because I felt like I lacked my life's purpose. I felt like there was no more purpose in my career. I started recognizing I had all these other symptoms. Again, I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. I really had to drag myself out. I was having a ton of cravings, gaining weight. I essentially would come home from the office and lay on the couch and not really want to do anything more. And at this point, my kids are six, seven years old. And they're, I'm like, mommy has to lay down. Mommy's back hurts. Mommy's tired. And so of course I feel like I'm failing as a wife, as a mother. I remember one night laying in bed with my husband, having all these physical symptoms and that lack of purpose. And I said, no, I can't go on living like this. That's the moment I thought, gosh, I need help because if I have kids sleeping down the hall from me and I'm thinking of no longer living and being their mom. I need to go find some help. The problem is I knew going to my doctor, which she's going to diagnose me with giving all these symptoms and the fact that I just said that I don't want to live anymore. It's because I felt like I was going to have to live this way for the rest of my life. I didn't want my kids to grow up with their mom. Who's lying on the couch, complaining how tired she is and how much pain she's in. And of course, I didn't want to be that wife to my husband. I isolated myself to my house. You know, my, I live in a small town. Everyone knew what happened to me. And I just felt, gosh, people are going to see me now and think, gosh, what happened to her? Look at her now. So I was always worried about judgment as well. So I actually went to the doctor and told her all my symptoms. And she's like, I think you have depression. And I was like, I knew you were going to say that. I self-diagnosed myself, but I'm like, you know, I don't feel like this is what depression should feel like. I feel like I should be like crying and sad. I said, I don't feel sad. Of course, yes, I'm sad that my life has completely changed. But I said, I don't feel like this is what it should feel like. I want to feel better. Just give me the pill. Just give me the pill for depression. She did. Within that three months, I had all of the side effects of the pill and I still had all of my symptoms. And I'm like, this is not working. It's interesting because when I started taking the pill, I was kind of like, oh, I don't think this is it, but what else could it be? Like, I had no idea. You knew from the get-go. Yeah, I knew it wasn't right, but I just didn't know what it was. And so at the three-month mark, went back for a follow-up and I do what every good patient does that fails one medication. I try another. <laughs> At this point, I was desperate to feel better. And she was willing to help me with even give me a pill. I walked away from that second appointment. And again, same exact thing happened with this second antidepressant. And I thought, gosh, this is telling me that there's something wrong, something else. I gave it a couple months again, and I stopped at cold turkey. 
And I went on a family vacation. I came back. I'm like, this is it. I'm done. Coincidentally, as I was stopping this, I was put in contact with a functional medicine doctor who I I didn't even know what functional medicine was. As an OBGYN, I had my blinders on. I I practiced conventional medicine. I was already very busy in my career and raising twins that I didn't really have time to look outside the box of what else is going on in the world. And I have to say, this was eight years ago. Really, functional medicine wasn't on the radar. You like literally read my mind. I'm like trying to remember the timeline. Yeah, it wasn't. (laughs) as prevalent as it is today, as as all over online and everything, you really had to kind of still dig for it. Even though I had crossed my path, you know, I had some patients that would come to me that were on what they call these bioidentical hormones from a doctor in New York city. Cause again, back then that's only doctors that were doing it in my area. I wouldn't ask questions. I would just be like, okay, let me do your exam, make sure everything's okay. And then you go back to your doctor and let them prescribe those hormones. Cause I don't know what this cream that you're on is, but I would never say anything negative. Cause I'm like, you know what? These are physicians that are practicing medicine. They know what they're doing. I just don't know what that is, but I never asked questions because I was just so tired overworked. So this one night I didn't even, before getting on the phone with this doctor, I didn't even look up what functional medicine was because at this point I was actually quite honestly selling skincare, anti-aging skincare. Cause I was so bored in my career that I'm like, let me do something fun, this direct selling stuff. And I got on the phone with her to sell her skincare. And she, within a minute or two, she's like, oh, I have my own skincare line. We're good. But let's talk about you and your health. And so I I kind of told her, this is what I'm going through. This is what happened. This is what I'm going through. This is what they told me I have, but it didn't work. She's like, oh no. Literally, I think within five minutes, she's like, I think you have an adrenal condition. Back then we called it adrenal fatigue. As I'm sitting in bed talking to her, it's like nine o'clock at night. I'm Googling it, adrenal fatigue. And on the screen popped up all of my symptoms. So a couple of emotions went through me at that point. Number one, relief that there I am on the, on the screen. Number two, like, wow, how did I not know this? I am trained. I've been practicing over 15 years in the medical field. How did I not know this existed? There's got to be something wrong. I must have learned this in medical school. And so she did so many things for me that evening telling me that I had that because she validated my symptoms. Right coming into that conversation, I actually thought all of my symptoms were in my head because of course... I tried medication, it failed. And I didn't know any other way of healing at that time. So it must be in my head. I must've made this up. My back pain is getting the best of me. So she validated my symptoms by saying, no, look, look at this. This is what it is. And she also gave me my life back because there is hope for you to get better. It's not going to be with a a magic pill. You're actually going to have to do some lifestyle changes. It's going to be probably a year or two before you feel better, but it is possible. And it was that night, this curtain went up. Oh my gosh, I got my life back. I didn't feel better right then and there, but I knew it was possible. I had hope. And, and, and not to say anything negative against my docs, my docs didn't know what else to do. Neither did I. But here I met this doc that thought outside the box and gave me this diagnosis that I could hang my hat on. Because of course I hang my hat back then on diagnoses, kind of a, a plan. And she was like, well, but then you got to come see me. We got to make sure that this is, this is what it is. But I think this is what we're working with. Right on the heels of that, she said, how about joining me in practice? Crap. I never looked up what a functional medicine doc was. So I hurried up and Googled that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, here's my next life purpose. This is exactly what I am going to do for the rest of my life. It was this light bulb moment that one night. Because up until then, I was looking through all the books. What else can a doctor do but practice what she was trained to do? And it, it was things like medical malpractice expert witness or work for a pharmaceutical company. That wasn't lighting me up. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. I love my fur babies so much, but when they're stressed out, it makes me stressed out. 
Mine hate loud noises like thunderstorms and fireworks, and sometimes they just don't want to be left home alone. To help keep your dogs calm in moments of stress, use Brave Paws Anxiety and Stress Support Chewables for dogs. These plant-based chewables promote calm behavior with natural ingredients that have been clinically studied. Did I mention they're fast-acting and non-drowsy? I especially love that the natural ingredients are sustainably sourced. How cool is that? Want to learn more? Check out mybravepaws.com. Your dog will be happy you did. That sounds horrible. I know there's people out there that that's their jam, but... <laughs> it wasn't my jam because it, it wasn't changing the lives. The whole reason I gave up, I spent so much time in school and training and so much lack of sleep for the, my training because I truly am in this healthcare world to change lives. And I'm not going to do that from an expert witness stand or, or pushing drugs and, for a pharmaceutical company. So that didn't light me up. But the fact that this doctor on the phone one night gave me my life back and hope back and helped me this is what I want to do for other women that weren't getting the answers from their doctors. Like I wasn't. And again, nothing against my doctors. They just didn't know. They didn't know. Like I didn't know. So literally the next day I decided to go for a fellowship in functional medicine, which I signed up for right away and completed most of the training online while I was still working and then went in person to take the final exam and did all the things. So I board certified in functional medicine and I that was January, 2014. By September of 2014, I was actually in practice with her in her office. And so, so crazy, such a day and night transition in the, in the best way possible. <laughs> I jumped off that cliff and didn't look back. The funny part of that story is my husband went in to take a shower when I got on the phone with her and he came out and I was hanging up the phone. I'm like, honey, great news. I don't have depression. I have this adrenal condition. I'm going to get better not overnight, but over time. And guess what? I'm leaving the hospital and I'm joining this woman. I just met on the phone <laughs> in practice. He goes, how long was I in that shower for? <laughs> and, you know, I, and from then on, you know, I have listened to my gut, you know, as a doc, we listen very much with our heads. We're not very intuitive. We're very black and white, very systems oriented, very protocol driven. And that was the first night I actually listened to my body when my body said, no, this is what you have to do. Don't think with your head, get your head out of it. Because is it logical to leave your very stable hospital job to go start do this fellowship and join this woman you've never met before? No, but it, I knew in my body, it was the next right step. And here I had been chasing my tail with my own medical condition for over a year and considering taking my life, how many other women were out there? And, and I'm in the medical community surrounded by docs. These are women out there trying to get their symptoms listened to by their docs. And they're getting told that things are normal. Their blood works normal. It's all in your head, or at least they're made to feel like it's on, on their head. I'm like, this is why I have to do this. I have to be that spokeswoman and that helper for those women out there. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know your story, but I had a feeling that it was something along the lines of this. And that's like you just said it. That's what is needed because it's such a common conversation that I see not only just within our veterinary communities that we have through social media, but everywhere, so much within our community. Just a couple of days ago, someone was exactly what you just said. My blood works normal. I have all these things. They keep telling me, like I keep going to the doctor or you hear these stories of, I had to go to five different doctors and I finally got answers. So I can only imagine eight years ago, the lack of knowledge out there, but there's still a very big, 
void. And I think there's just something so powerful and unspoken of working, if it's your health or your business or whatever it is, someone that has gone through something similar that can just be like, I know what you're going through. I've been there. Instead of trying to do your best to connect with this person that doesn't have a clue, (laughs) you know, what you're walking through. And I know that we have so many people listening right now that the whole time they're like, that's me, that's me, that's me. They're seeing that, that glimpse of hope that you received that night. And so however you want to take this, I would love to expand for those that are listening and can relate so much to your story. Give us a glimpse of what that journey looked like for you after you had this light bulb moment of, okay, I actually have something I can identify with. So now what? Now what am I supposed to do? It it did take me a bit to feel better, but I feel like right away I started seeing little glimmers of hope and little tiny improvements, which kept me going because even to your listeners out there, I know there's so many women I even talk to on a daily basis that are exhausted. Literally, I come home from work, open the fridge with the be healthier options in there. I knew what I quote unquote should be eating, but I was so physically exhausted and mentally exhausted. I would turn about face to the cabinet and grab a bag of chips and go plop on the couch and eat that bag of chips the whole time, guilting myself saying I shouldn't be eating this. And I'm feeling awful. I think the biggest thing, aside from the fact that I had to little by little make some dietary changes, but that was over time. It wasn't, I woke up one morning and said, okay, I'm going to get rid of the chips. I'm going to eat all salads and I'm going to cut down on my coffee. And I'm going to, no, no, because initially when you're that exhausted and that burned out, you do need a little bit of fuel left in your tank. So I did have some sugar and some coffee. I would consciously cut down over time. The better I felt I did strategically supplement with some things like B vitamins to help me with my energy. And I knew my, I was definitely lacking in those because of my diet was very poor at that time and vitamin D and magnesium and all the things that are just crucial to your adrenal function and your hormone production. I was implementing also implementing some things to help me with my stress, to help keep me calm as I'm trying to deal with, okay, stress management. What's that? I don't know that word. (laughs) Identifying where my stressors are, because I think a lot of us are just running around saying we're stressed, we're stressed about what, you know, so I had to start identifying that. And for me, it was years of getting beat up in my career of sleepless nights and poor diet and, and all in the stress level. But number two, it was all that guilt post injury of like, I'm not your failure. You know, so many of us women, we beat ourselves up for the morning, the time we wake up in the morning to the time we go to bed. We're failures. We're not good enough. We're not worthy. Like there's so much of that. And I was doing the same exact thing because I wasn't living up to the standard I had set for myself. I was no longer a functioning part of the department. All these things I had envisioned myself of being, I was no longer. So I really lost my identity in there with the fact that I could no longer deliver the babies and operate. And I had to do a ton of work on my mind. I was reading personal development books and and we don't talk about that in medicine, but right now I have totally pivoted, especially since I talk a lot about libido and women, what we're lacking from the doctor perspective or all of health is talking about how our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions dictate what's going on in our body and how we feel. And I think an integral part of overall wellness, whether we'll be talking about burnout or libido or whatever is working on what's going on in our, in our brains. And I'm not saying women are hormonal or we're emotional, like, yeah, maybe we're a little more, but I'm saying it from a loving place. We have to have grace on ourselves, and we have to step back and think about what's that thought I keep telling myself over and over again. That's not serving me. That's actually doing more harm than good. 
So I started delving deep into, and, it's, and maybe it sounds cheesy, but personal development books on, on how I thought about myself and my environment and my relationships and my health and all the things. And I would read book after book after book and all the things. And I, but I really think, yes, we had the lifestyle and the supplements and the better diet and the sleep and the hydration. That was all great. But I have to say it was working on my day-to-day, like things I had programmed myself to think and how I identified myself from a young kid on up. Like I had to start reprogramming that. And um, right down to like having grace on myself with my food. Yes, I didn't change overnight. And I had to be okay with that because a lot of women out there recovering from burnout and needing that pot of coffee or like sugar infusion throughout the day to get through the day. It's okay. Little by little, you will get your natural energy back. And then you'll be able to cut down on those things. And so that's what happened for me. So it was, and for women, I think I can't speak for men because I'm not a man, but from a woman's perspective, just seeing that little glimmer of hope over a couple of days of changing a few things made me want to keep showing up every day for myself and kept making those small little changes. And the fact that I was, had better energy to be a mom and more stamina to, to be upright and walk around and not focus on my pain 24 seven and play that victim that I had. And that was the other thing. I had to do a lot of mindset work on that victim mode that I was stuck in for so many years. I had, I had gone through the whole grieving process after my injury of being angry and longing to have my body back and having to, the ability to practice medicine the way I used to. And, and I didn't know I was going through those phases until I got to the other side and it looked, looked back and went, wow, like I grieved the loss of my former career in life. I had to do a lot of work served me for a little bit to be in that victim mode because I had to feel it and be that victim. But then I literally crawled out. And, and again, it wasn't this jumping out of the pit. It was like this crawl out of that victim mode. It's a process, but the poor me, why did this happen to me? I got to, I had to get over that because it was not taking me where I wanted to go. God, there's so many good things that you, you touched on that I like want to just kind of go back on. But I love that you mentioned the, the victim mindset and and it looks very different, but you, like you said, you don't realize you're there until you, you aren't there anymore. I really struggled with resentment and bitterness after my pregnancy with my twins, actually, and just my postpartum experience, because it was nothing like what I always dreamed of or expected. And when my sister-in-laws and friends started having kids and I had that comparison, it really messed me up. And there were so many different factors going on, but you as well, personal development was such a huge part of my transition because there were so many things that I need to address that were going on in my mind while I was making changes with exercise and nutrition. And really, if you leave that part of the puzzle out, I think it's why so many people, they do well and then they, they fall back. They stay in that vicious cycle because if you're not addressing the guilt or whatever it is. Literally yesterday, I had one person that I work with talking about how they lay in bed going through their choices of food throughout the day and beat themselves up. And another one saying she lays in bed beating herself about whether she's a good mom or not. And she has twins. We all do it in multiple areas of our life. I think some of us are aware of it, but some of us aren't. But I don't think we're aware of the effect that it has on us physically, as you mentioned. And we we need to just 
<laughs> we need to stop, you know, like it's. Yeah. Awareness is big. And that was the other big thing when I'm talking about stress as a doc, go, go manage your stress. How, how do I do this? Right. And you're like, Oh, go meditate. It's not for everyone. Right. How do you take this woman who's got all this stuff going on in her head and tell her to be quiet for five minutes and meditate? It's hard. Right. So I always talked about the A of the ABC awareness, just starting to become aware of those thoughts, of those feelings of that. It's a common theme I see in women as well. And myself included of not feeling worthy or not enough or good enough at being that mom. For me, it was that doctor. And there's days I struggle with feeling I'm good enough as a mom. We all do, right? But I have that awareness now. I might think of that. I'm a great mom. I do my best. Life's going to happen. I think just that awareness around pulling back and saying with a repetitive thought, like that whole not good enough worthiness component that so many women think about. It's just when you're having that over and over, pull back and be like, why am I thinking that? Maybe some program from your younger years that you have to work through, but the more aware we are, the better we can take control of that thought and sort of, I'll snap myself out of it and be like, oh, what are you thinking? Like, you're a good mom. You're like, and, and not stay in that, that feeling of, oh, I'm not good. And then we end up self-sabotaging. So if you're on a health journey and you're laying in bed thinking, I'm not good enough, or like you get to the end of the day when we're all tired and that motivation or willpower is starting to wear thin and you have the cookie, then you're like, forget about it. I'm just going to eat the entire cake now or the entire box of cookies because I'm not good enough. And look at me, I can't even stick with this. I always say like, if you're going to do that, don't have the cookie or have the cookie and say, that was really good. I'm good. But I think once we get that, that evening hours and we start having those thoughts of I'm not good enough, I'm not going to be able to do this. I've never been able to do this. Write a new story of who you are. That's who you were. Who do you want to be? And that step into her shoes of that woman that you want to be. And not to say the old you wasn't good enough, but if you want improvement in whatever area of your life, like see her, anyone can have her. That biggest thing with me too, is no one was going to get in my head to change those thoughts. I had to do it myself. I even saw a psychiatrist after my depression diagnosis and could do the same thing. I'm sitting in the therapist's office. I'm like, I know what you're going to ask. I've done a lot of this work already. So I just took it home and did the work. I'm like, okay, I respect those that need to see psychiatrists or therapists if that's part of your healing journey. But for me, I just had to go internally and, and just do it myself at home where I had time to reflect on my entire life of, of the way I've been thinking. Well, I want to pause real quick and take a quick break, but we're going to keep digging into this because there's some other points that I I want to circle back to because I think they're so important, but we'll be right back. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, hon, what you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hi, you were listening to Living Well with Dr. Jessica, and I'm hanging out with Dr. Renee, who is full of a wealth of knowledge. We've been digging into her own personal story and how she got into functional medicine, how she's just taken a different approach to women's health. And we've kind of been digging into the importance of mindset. And I want to kind of shift back to one of the other things that you talked about that I think is really key, because I see so many women that okay, you're in this place, you know, you need to make some changes. A lot of times it is lifestyle changes. So you know, you need to start exercising more or cutting out sugar or whatever it may be. And you think you have to do it in this all in. (laughs) That's how we are. It's all or nothing. And you end up crashing and burning 
probably multiple times. And and that just perpetuates the cycle that we've been talking about of, with guilt and I've never been able to do it. So why is this going to be different? And I think your experience is such a great one because you give permission to do things in a very subtle manner that is honestly what most people need. We're so exhausted and stressed and burnout that the idea of cleaning out your pantry and restocking it is tip you over the iceberg anyway. It's actually been found that if you make too big of a change, your brain will try to safeguard and a lot of times will actually, you are sabotaging yourself. You don't realize it, but your brain's trying to protect you. And if you focus on such small changes every day, it doesn't register that as a threat as it would if you're like completely overhauling things. And you actually end up being in a place where you and I are, where over time you can look back and be like, golly, I did make a lot of change, but it took me however many years. And you're able to do it in a way that you're able to extend grace and hopefully work on that mindset piece of things as well while you're changing those habits. I would love to give you an opportunity to just share if there's some tangible tips that you possibly implemented or that you maybe recommend when people are trying to, okay, what should that first subtle change be? Or what are some easy ways I can start shifting my mindset? You know, as you were talking, one of my favorite books on habits is Atomic Habits by James Clear. I think he gives a really nice breakdown of of different ways of inserting healthier habits into your life over time. And I think like you said, I think we all, we white knuckle it when we make all these changes. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm not going to eat any processed food and I'm going to get eight hours sleep. I'm going to drink a hundred ounces of water and I'm going to exercise. That's completely not our routine. It's so far off from what we're normally doing. And we white knuckle it for about five days. And then we're like, okay, we're done on day six. So we can't do this anymore. And then we cave all into our old ways, right? It's not sustainable. So for me, you know, I had mentioned like gained weight and I had all these things that I, I wanted to lose the weight. I wanted to get my energy back. I just wanted to have more motivation to want to make better choices. And I had to look at this as a marathon, not a sprint. It, I was in it for the long haul. I wanted to make this my lifestyle. So in order to do that, I started my journey around January is when I kind of had it put on my radar. I went and saw the doctor in February. So I would say from February to about May, I just focused on a couple of the key supplements I talked about. For me, it was just very generic B vitamins, magnesium, vitamin D, L-theanine, which is an amino acid from green tea that helps calm you. Like things I needed to put band-aids on because I feel like supplements can be just like medications. You can try to over supplement your life and put the band-aids on all the things, but there were some key things that actually helped give me a little more energy so I could cut down one cup of coffee a week, right? Like I wasn't drinking that four cups of coffee a day, I went maybe down to three cups of coffee. I wouldn't cut all the sugar out. Instead of having the bag of chips for lunch, I would actually have, I'd have cut up lettuce and make a very makeshift easy salad, something that wasn't really hard. I cheated with the salad in the bag and whatever, but it was my next step. It's my like lifesaver now still. <laughs> yeah, no, but you know, you don't have to cut up romaine and put it in the salad spinner, all the things like you can do things like that and still get healthy, but I didn't overhaul my breakfast. Like I didn't sit there and make my eggs or my omelet or whatever. I actually would probably still, I don't even know, toast or a bagel or cereal, but I would switch out my lunches a couple of times a week. And maybe not the days I worked, maybe the days I worked, I still grace myself and grab the bag of chips. But like a couple of days when I was home, I would have the salad. I would plan it. I'd not make it hard. 
and, you know, over time, those healthier lunches were just my staple that I could actually start with my breakfast. Cause in the beginning, I was really focusing on myself because I find that as a mom and a wife, my behaviors and my lifestyle changes trickle down to my kids and my husband. So I started that in February. So swapping out some meals here and there, not, not all of them at once, not exercising, by the way, did not have energy to do that yet. No, 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 no. Having grace on myself to sleep in when I felt tired, especially in the weekends, we as women, like I got to get up and do X, Y, and Z. No, like the most restorative sleep is between seven and nine o'clock. If you are burned out and you need an extra sleep, go obviously going to bed earlier. Cause I was that wired, tired type of adrenal issue whereby if I didn't go to bed by 10, I'd get my second wind and be up to like one o'clock in the morning. So I forced myself to go to bed before 10. And I didn't guilt myself that I had work to do or that I had laundry to do or any of the things. So I think that biggest component with the mindset, tons of books, I remember what I've read back then, but just Google anything on mindset or overcoming thoughts or whatever. There's tons of really great books out there. Or if you don't want to sit and read, Audible. Audible is my friend. I, I walk the dog listening to books. I sometimes in the morning, I have a cup of either matcha or coffee and I listen to a book and it's just my time. Oh, and that's the other thing, self-care. I made sure I put it on my list of doing something for me every day, which we as women, a lot of us have lost that. Like we have totally forgotten what we love, who we are and all the things. So I made it a point to 15 minutes of something that I love to do, whether it be sit and read the book or just sit in silence, listening to the birds, drinking a cup of coffee, or, or I wasn't drinking matcha back then, but I do now. And, you know, I think it was like by May, mid-May, I woke up one morning. I said, oh my gosh, I feel like I want to exercise. I had not exercised in, in a couple of years. And so, and I was an avid workout gal prior to my injury. I was in the gym. I, I was a crazy spinner. Like I did all the things. And so one morning I purchased this online, but this is before online fitness programs were a thing too, but I was still very concerned about judgment. So I would go to my basement, hit play on a workout, did this consistently this was May. By September, my husband goes, what are you doing? What do you mean? What are you doing? He's well, you're looking like you're losing some weight. You're acting like you're happier and more confident. He could see that. And he said, something about you is changing. Mind you, this is September. I've been working at this since February under the radar. Nobody knows I'm really doing this. It's not affecting my family. I'm not overhauling the dinners yet. Actually, by this time, I might be actually making a little bit better of dinners because I'm starting to feel better. And I think by December of that year, I had lost 10 pounds. I was really consistent with my working out, my sleep. I had no longer needed that coffee in the afternoon. I really was chugging through my day, pretty unscathed. And, and then I just continued to just up the ante starting January the following year of like, okay, what can I do that I'm not already doing that I want to do, right? At this point, my nutrition was pretty dialed in, but I'm still not perfect to this day. Like ladies, we don't have to be perfect. I always follow the 80, 20 rule. I still get takeout or go out to dinner and I'm very mindful of, okay, what do I feel? You know, sometimes it's lots of, I don't know, fries maybe, or you know, not a, not a more normally it's like a protein in my salmon or whatever, but there's times I go crazy. It's all about enjoying life, listening to your body, seeing how your body reacts to certain foods. Maybe someone won't be able to eat some of the foods I can and vice versa. I feel like once you start healing and getting very present in your body and how food makes you feel, you're used to feeling fatigued and low energy. We think that's normal. And then bloating is always normal and gas. It's just normal. No, it's not normal. But once you start like making these little changes and start eating a little bit better and start realizing like, wow, I'm not bloated today. But when you eat something, sometimes you might get bloated. You're like, oh, look at that. That makes me a little bloaty. Maybe we'll ease into that food group or whatever it may be. So I find that 
on this journey as well, I got a lot more present with how my body felt and not just expecting it to be, you know, fatigued and bloated all day, every day. We'll be right back with more vet candy. Hello, this is Caitlin Palmer. You probably know me as the desk wench. You know, the sweet TikTok receptionist who has to deal with the evil Karen Stevens. Well, if you like that, you are going to love my new podcast, Desk Wench Confessions. On my show, I have funny guests who tell me about their own Karens. Plus, we have contests, giveaways, and skits. Trust me, you are going to love it. Check it out on a podcast platform of your choice on Vet Candy Radio. I can relate so much to that because I think you get to a point where you start making better choices because you actually stopped long enough to see how your body reacts. And it's like, well, no, I don't, I don't want that. For example, I used to, I I love pasta and it's not a corp thing or anything. That's just how I've always been. If you asked me when I was a kid, that's my favorite food. And it was always heavy cream sauces and, and dairy does not like me. Like I know that now. And so it was very eye-opening the transition of what I would order when I'd go to restaurants. And no, I don't want to order that anymore because I feel like crap after. I know that now, but there was something that when you were just sharing, I got to ask this question because You touched on it in the beginning, but I think such a huge thing that we struggle with women in general, but within our profession as well, just any of our type A perfectionists. When you kind of shared this glimpse of your year, I know there's some listening being like, but 10 pounds in a year, that's too slow. We're so used to seeing results overnight. We want to be able to say we lost 10 pounds in a month, whatever the scenario is. And that's why we call it quits because we're not seeing and you when you were talking about your injury and you were frustrated because they gave you this timeline of when you would be back on your feet and back at work and it didn't pan out that way. I think it's something that we really struggle with when our expectations aren't met and a lot of times they're unrealistic, but that's what makes us throw in the towel. Like it's not even worth it. (laughs) I've only lost a pound. I mean, even though weight was an issue for me and I felt very uncomfortable in my skin because of my weight and where I had gained it because it was all on my back and my hips and all those things. When I entered my healing journey, my weight wasn't forefront of my mind. Even though I did want to lose weight, I just wanted to feel better. I felt awful and I had no energy and I just wanted to be that better mom to have more energy to be with my kids. You know, so I I feel like I pulled back and had this bigger vision. I grew up in a dieting household. Like weight was always on my forefront of my mind, even up into my injury. That's how I worked out. Like I always thought I had to work out to maintain my weight. Really in retrospect of what that whole year looked like, I really didn't diligently try to lose weight until the latter part of that year. Because the beginning was just about having grace on myself, working on my thoughts, putting one foot in front of the other. Because days, some days it was hard. And I wouldn't always put one foot in front of the other. I might take a little step back. But it was always forward progress. I didn't go all the way back. Even going back a little bit, I would get that, oh, this doesn't feel good. I was getting present enough in my body to realize now what felt good and what didn't feel good. And honestly, just be, not being so tough on myself was huge. And I, I didn't force the exercise and I didn't force more of the dietary changes because I think later in the year, I became very much more, okay. It's, you know, I did all of that, 
but that wasn't at the beginning of my journey. If you told me to take out all these things right in the beginning, I'm, oh, heck no, <laughs> like that's not happening. Let me just little by little make these little changes. So again, they weren't a lot. One little meal, a couple times a week, a little more sleep, a little more water and heck no exercise until I actually felt I could do that. Later in the year, when I got a little more energy, then I cared about the weights to be able to put the effort into try to lose that weight. But honestly, 10 pounds, it probably took me four months, three, four months of diligently focusing on eating better, more meals than not. It finally came off. And then of course, my husband realized before then it wasn't even a 10 pound weight loss when he realized that there was something going on. And then he started to do it. Remember, I just was saying how it trickles down. So he would start working out in the basement and now he's this big buff guy, takes supplements strategically for his health and all the, he eats super clean. I'm, who are you? Like, look, I want to say, look what I did for you. <laughs> you know, cause again, I led and he just watched and then he followed suit. A lot of times, even as women, we can't be told to do something. We have to want to do it or else we're not going to show up for ourselves. So I back then wanted to do it. He watched me and he's like, I want to do it now. And again, his progress over eight years hasn't been on the up and up. It's been up and down. And now he's really delved into the whole biohacking world, this whole world that he, he'll say things to me. And I'm like, I told you that two years ago. Oh, I heard it on a podcast. I'm like, okay, listen to your podcast. Don't listen to your wife. But so it's opening up his eyes and my kids, they're going to be 15. And sometimes they're like, mom, can we just have unhealthy food once in a while? I'm like, sure. It's okay. But then the fries or Burger King and they're, oh, my, my belly hurts. It doesn't feel good. I'm like, there you go. At least you're present enough to know your belly hurts. What did you eat to make your belly hurt? I think introducing some of these things uh, at a young age, kids for the most part have a pretty healthy diet just because they don't drink soda. They just have never been introduced to it because I don't drink it. And yeah, Pop-Tarts. I think the one time when they were seven years old, we we're walking through a store there back then they would give samples of Pop-Tarts. And they're like, mom, what's this? I'm like, it's a Pop-Tart. And they ate it. And they're like, ew, yay. <laughs> so little things, you know. You got me laughing because um, a couple of days ago, I went to Sam's. Like, okay, I'm stocking up for the summer before this baby comes. I have to just be okay with some of the things that I, I would not want them. There's some that I'm, I can't do it. I can't do it. And Pop-Tarts is one of them. <laughs> But no, it's okay. My kid, I mean, now, I don't know. I think we're in New York City in February. They wanted Pop-Tarts. I'm like, fine, have Pop-Tarts. But they didn't want them after that. I feel when we deprive the kids even like, oh, you can't have that. No, no, no. Unless it's something health related. They can't have like a celiac. They can't have gluten. If it's there's something they want, I let them have it. And it's short-lived. They have it and they move on. I don't think we bought a box of Pop-Tarts since that trip. They got out of their system. Yeah, I think we actually, they each had one and then we had one or two coming home. I'm like, you want Pop-Tarts? No, we're good. I'm like, okay, garbage. Over time, once we weigh them in a certain atmosphere where it's just the norm in our house, this is what we do. I let them have what their friends are having, but then they always seem to gravitate back towards what we kind of do at home. So, and I know that they're going to go to college. They're probably going to have a college, but they're always going to come back to their roots of what mom did growing up. So. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, this is Dr. Quincy Hawley, and I'm here to tell you about a new show. It's Vet Candy Rounds with the Hawleys. That's right, Dr. Tierra, the love of my life, and I have teamed up to bring you the most fascinating cases in the world. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or a podcast platform of your choice only on Vet Candy Radio.
Yeah, and I didn't mean it in a bad way. I, I, I meant it more like I'm going to get stuck with 50 Pop-Tarts and I'm not eating them. <laughs> I want to wrap up with two things that you kind of touched on that I think are just really great bullets. I use the example of frustration around weight loss being slow because it's by far the most common. If you're listening, that's where you are. Or maybe it's it's not weight loss specific, but it's something else that you're wanting to make progress in and you feel like it's not fast enough. I think just really pausing and taking a moment to dig deeper as to why you want to do these things. You knew from the get-go you wanted to feel better. You know, you wanted to have more energy. I think so many people get stuck they're just too superficial. They they want to get healthy or they want to lose some weight, but they don't know why, or they get so focused on what they're having to do that's different or hard that they didn't have time to define what they're going to be gaining, whether it's more energy or more mental clarity or whatever it is. And I do find that making that shift and getting more specific and reevaluating what you're assessing makes a big difference. I do think weight is the most common, but it's the most misleading. And if that's all you're focused on, then yeah, you're going to get frustrated and you're probably going to quit. The other thing that I see so so common that is a source of frustration within groups and, and women in general is you want to make change for your husband or your children or whatever it may be. What do I do to get him to want to eat better or whatever? And it always starts with us. I feel like it's not common that it's the other way around. But I mean, it happens, obviously, where they'll be the change makers. But as the mom of the house, we know we kind of set the stage for everything for the most part. And your timeline was such a, a great visual because that's typically how it works. Don't go in and try to overhaul everything. Your family's going to get frustrated with you unless y'all are all on the same page and y'all are all tired of feeling crummy and you want to work together as a team. And that's that's great and definitely doable. But for the most part, I love how you gave such a clear picture of how you started implementing those differences that nobody else really even noticed until you were a couple of months in. And then they started noticing the difference in you. And it, it naturally just creates a desire to change in them. If you're in that place of frustration where you want your family to, to eat better or be more active or whatever it may be, just remember that your efforts are what matter most. And that's going to set the stage for everyone else. Yeah. A lot of times they watch you. The kids watch you. Even to this day, I'll have, I'll get out some fermented, some sauerkraut. And they're like, mom, what is that? Oh, it's like sauerkraut. You want to try it? Yeah. Really? Okay. And they'll take a bite. They're like, oh my gosh, this is so good. I'm like, really? (laughs) So they watch you and they, they're curious. Let them have a bite of whatever healthier food you're having. Don't, don't judge that they're not going to like it. Don't put expectations on our kids. Let them try new things and uh, don't get frustrated when they don't love all the vegetables at first, but their taste will change. And a lot of times if they're changing, even like from a higher sugar, lots of candy and such to not so much, it'll take a little bit for their taste buds to change, but it, it will. And the more exposure to this, the healthier foods and watching mom eat them, they're going to inherently just want to do what mom's doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I want to make sure that our listeners have a chance to connect with you if they possibly, I don't know if you even want to touch like working together or, or what that would look like if it's a local thing or, but share that information with our listeners, how they could get in touch with you and, and possibly continue to glean from your wisdom. <laughs> yeah. What I didn't add is that job that I left the hospital for. I no longer am in that job. I, that, that office closed four years ago. So I'm 100% online now. I went online 
pre-pandemic. So I work with any woman anywhere. I went back to working solely with women. And yeah, I have a website, drreneewallenstein.com. And I have a group program and one-on-one work. And I'm all over social media because my biggest thing is just empowering women to just take control of their health. And sometimes a little information goes a long way. So even if it's just that validation of like, that's how I feel, it's not on my head. Oh my gosh. And that catapults her healing journey. So I'm all across all social media, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, uh, Dr. Renee Wallenstein, and uh, come find me, reach out, say hi. And hopefully you learned something. <laughs> I'm so glad you you touched on that. <laughs> Anytime I have someone that has a local practice or whether it's in the name of their business or, or whatnot, people are like, oh, but I'm in, you know, wherever. And it's nowadays, it usually doesn't matter. So I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was another curveball in my life. That's going to go into my big book someday, my autobiography. But uh, <laughs> it's all good. The last little thing for your listeners is just when you think it's a curveball and why me, why is this happening to me again? At the end, like you have to get far enough away from it to turn around and see what blessing that was for you. And now I've, I've completely changed how I work with women and, and, and adding such things as mindset into my work. I wouldn't have done that if I was still in my brick and mortar. So there's a blessing, a silver lining and everything. And just sometimes you don't see it right away, but eventually if you're aware enough and present enough, you will. Well, thank you so much for taking time out today to, to just hang with us. I know it's going to be a call that's going to just benefit so many. And I'm already thinking of reasons to have you back on. So hopefully this is not a one and done but it's been a pleasure to everyone listening thank you for tuning in this is living well with dr jessica until next time we'll see you soon bye it's vet candy vet candy vet candy Vet Candy Radio.